Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 57. I'm sorry. Shadow realized something was different about her voice, and he tried to figure out what it was. I know. So we'd meet for coffee, talk about what we'd do when you got out of prison, how good it would be to see you again. He really liked you, you know. He was looking forward to giving you back your old job. Yes. And then Audrey went to visit her sister for a week. This was, oh... A year, thirteen months after you've gone away? Her voice lacked expression. Each word was flat and dull, like pebbles dropped one by one into a deep well. Robbie came over. We got drunk together. We did it on the floor of the bedroom. It was good. It was really good. I didn't need to hear that. No? I'm sorry. It's harder to pick and choose when you're dead. It's like a photograph, you know. It doesn't matter much. It matters to me. Laura lit a second cigarette. Her movements were fluid and competent, not stiff. Shadow wondered for a moment if she was dead at all. Well, we carried on our affair, although we didn't call it that. We did not call it anything for most of the last two years. You were going to leave me for him? Why would I do that? You're my big bear. You're my puppy. You did what you did for me. I waited three years for you to come back to me. I love you. He stopped himself from saying I love you too. He wasn't going to say that. Not anymore. So what happened the other night? The night I was killed? Yes. Well, Robbie and I went to talk about your welcome back surprise party. It would have been so good. And I told him that we were done, finished. That now that you were back, that was the way it had to be. Mm. Thank you, babe. You're welcome, darling. A ghost of a smile crossed your face. We got maudlin. It was sweet. We got stupid. I got very drunk. He didn't. He... And that's our page. So, the pages are kind of an info dump more than anything. There's not a lot of major details. There's not a whole lot to unpack. So, I think it's just going to be a shorter episode week for the most part. However, I do think it's telling that the first thing Shadow does is apologize for going to prison on the previous page and then again on this page. Laura does take partial credit for him being locked up on the previous page, but she's pretty dispassionate about everything here. She's very dispassionate on her retelling of the events that led to her affair and their eventual death. She mentions the past being like a photograph, by which I think she means it's happened and it's been captured and there's no way to change it. It's kind of similar to how Dr. Manhattan views events in Watchmen, although he has that brief obsession with an old photograph himself. I might be reaching a bit, but Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore are friends, and Alan Moore is the person who showed Neil how to write a comic script. So it could be a nod to that, or I could just be reaching a bit too much. The way Shadow thinks about Laura's speech patterns kind of match my headcanon for how Manhattan sounds, though. That kind of dispassionate detachment. So I'm going to just have a headcanon about this being a slight Watchmen reference. Canonize at your own risk, however. Shadow expects her movements to be jerky, more like famous film representations of zombies or maybe Frankenstein's monster, and most iterations animated corpses are shells of their former selves and will shuffle, groan, and not really much else. But I'd be remiss that if I didn't mention within the novel, Frankenstein's monster is erudite and not at all like the hulking monster that populates Hollywood films, but I digress. Laura moves more normally than Shadow believed she would, so he kind of has that brief moment of denial where he believes it could be a prank or something else. 
This isn't the first time he thought this either. Um, back on page 15, he half convinces himself that it's some half-baked scam on Laura's part to get him early from prison. Deeply into denial at that point, but I think he's coming around, especially after attending the funeral and all that. Though if I was talking to the person I thought was dead, my first thought probably wouldn't be animated corpse. It would be more likely mistakenly thought of as dead and buried. I mean, there's the embalming process, which would be very deadly to a living person, but I think there would be a certain level of denial I would have as well that would allow me to believe that it was not a situation of zombie, but instead buried alive. It's slightly more pleasant, I think. Laura reiterates her love for Shadow, and Shadow doesn't respond in the same way. On the page, he stopped himself from saying, I love you too. He wasn't going to say that, not anymore, is a callback to page 8, where he says, that wasn't the first thing he said to her. The first thing was, I love you, because it's a good thing to say if you can mean it, and Shadow did. So... He means it, supposedly, that then and now he does not. Just something I thought I would point out. We also get the beginning of her retelling of how everything went down, and it's the exact opposite of Shadow's imagining from page... I should have made a note. Uh, Page 31, where Shadow thinks it must be Robbie who had too much to drink. Laura does smoke another cigarette, even though she said she couldn't taste it on the previous page. Refers to Shadow as a big bear, but also puppy again. So she's got a lot of nicknames for him, too. I don't think I've ever made a note of that before. Yeah, I think that's it. But if there's something I missed, you can get in touch at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues that we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.